Take your Bible and go to Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, beginning in verse 39. And while you turn there, let me remind you and invite you and encourage you and exhort you that you join me Friday night right here in this place, 7 o'clock. I've got a large group of pastors that are coming, their spouses. I'm going to have dinner with them over in Passmore, 5.30. 7 o'clock, Dr. Johnny Hunt's going to preach to all of us right here. Friday night, 7 o'clock in our Vessels Conference, so you join me right here. Uh, we'll have a little music start, but we're just going to turn the preacher loose that night, all right? We're going to have a great time uh, of encouraging the church. So you join us uh, Friday night. Dr. Johnny Hunt, our dear, dear, dear friend from Atlanta, Georgia, will be right here. And then I'll preach on Sunday morning, and then Sunday night we're going to have service next Sunday, not tonight, but a week from tonight, 530. Dr. Vance Pittman will be our last preacher. Uh, that night, 5.30 in our worship time, so don't miss any of that. Friday night at 7, Sunday morning, regular service, and then fr Sunday night, 5.30, Dr. Pittman will be right here, so you join us. We're in Luke's Gospel, chapter 1. I'll begin reading this morning in verse 39 uh, as we are in this series on the Spirit-filled life as we started just after Easter, going right up to Pentecost Sunday, and on this Mother's Day, uh, we are looking at the Spirit-filled mother. Uh, I've put a subtitle kind of on this, is When Mama is Filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, we're going to look at a mama that was filled with the Holy Ghost, and Elizabeth in Luke's Gospel chapter 1, and we revolve around the mother of John the Baptist on this Mother's Day morning. Luke 1, beginning in verse 39 and reading the Word of God. Now this time Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, we look at her, this spirit-filled woman in our text today. Not long back, I read the story that a gentleman who is a sports psychologist, Kevin Elko, I listen to him every Monday morning, I will tomorrow. He sends out a short, uh, encouraging word, and a while back he had an encouraging word about mothers. He told the story of a young boy who said he was ashamed of his mother's hands. Her hands were scarred and bent and just ugly. And the little boy, somewhat scared, ashamed, grew a little older and the lad asked mama one day, mother, why your hands look like that? And she replied, Son, when you were an infant, our house caught fire. You were in the crib, 
The only way to get you to safety was for mother to reach through the flame and bring you out. And so my hands were burned, scarred, during the rescue and getting you out. He never saw those hands with embarrassment again. He understood mother's hands. No my what mother's hands can do for us. The old country song says about daddy's hands. And when I'm crying, they're tender, but there are times when they're tough as nails too. Well, mama's hands are the same way. I put a Mother's Day post uh, on that I'll probably be rebuked for today when I said uh, I learned many great things from my mother but the butt whoopings That's what made the most impression on me. Mama's hands. Amen? Or oh me, sometimes it was. But you know, Mother, while your hands are important, it's the Spirit of Mother. Really, it's the Holy Spirit of God in Mother that makes all the difference in our life. Elizabeth, she is pregnant. Mary comes to visit her relative to tell of the angel's visit. And, and the Bible says that when she met her and heard her, woo, her, her, her word, the, the baby leapt in her womb and she was pliruo, with the Holy Spirit. Every mother needs the filling of the Holy Spirit to do the work of God in our lives. And we're going to look at Elizabeth for a moment this morning. When mama is full of the Holy Ghost, what happens? <laughs> well, we see in Elizabeth in this first chapter what God does when a lady is filled with the Holy Spirit. But this is not just applicable to mother. It's for father and son and daughter and for every one of us that when we're filled, we learn from this Mother's Day text today. What happens when mother is filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, number one, she believes God. She believes God. Look, look over in the first chapter of Luke in verse 13, the Bible says that the angel said, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition's been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. Zacharias is that priest. He's gone in to offer yearly sacrifice, and it's a high honor for that Jewish priest to do that, and he's there a long time. And if a priest's wife was barren and never had children, it was not a positive but a negative mark uh, in his life, and he had been praying, and here the Spirit of God, the angel of God says, Zacharias, your wife's going to have 
a baby. But in verse number 20, behold, he doubted. The angel said, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place because he did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. He was struck without language. He could not speak because he didn't believe God. But in verse 24, after these days, Elizabeth, his wife, became pregnant. She kept herself in seclusion for five months saying, this is the way the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked with favor upon me to take away my disgrace from among men. Elizabeth, filled with the Spirit, believed God for his promise. Mary, in verse 38, she believed God. Jochebed believed God, and Moses came. Ruth believed God, and Obed was born, and then Jesse, and then, of course, David. Hannah believed God, and Samuel was born. Mother, listen to me, Mom. Believe God. Believe God, find the truth of heaven and stand on that revelation. And when you're filled with the Spirit of God, you will believe the promises of God. My, I've shared with you a little about my grandmother, my mother's mother. When I was called to preach, I went to her apartment to visit and she sat me down and and she said, I hear you're going to be a preacher. And I said, well, yes, ma'am, I believe God's called me. And uh, my piano playing independent Baptist King James only premillennial fundamental grandmother picked up a Schofield Bible. This looks like a little New Testament compared to that Bible she had. It, it, I believe it was as large as the top of this pulpit. And she flopped it open and she started to pat it. And she patted it and she said, now son, that's what she called me when she wanted to get my attention. She said, son, th this is the book. I said, well, yes, ma'am. She said, hush. She said, I'm talking, you just listen. This is the book. She said, we really don't care what you think. We don't know what the book said. You see, my grandmother buried her husband when he was 50. Had a heart attack and died in the living room. I was just a little boy, five, maybe six, I remember, sitting under the casket when all the people walked by. Didn't go to the funeral home in those days. You came to the house, you know. And they had granddaddy laid out right there in the family room. My cousin Tony and I sat his people, I can still see their feet walking by. We sat right there. Grandmother knew what it was to believe God because she lived years and years and years and years after that, just she and Jesus. She took the promises of the Word of God and believed them. Mother, the greatest thing you can do 
is surrender to Jesus, be filled with the Holy Spirit, believe God and walk by faith. That's the greatest thing you can do for your family. You find the promises of God. Stand on those and believe God. You'll never do that in the flesh. But when you get surrendered, mother, father, son, daughter, any of us, you come find the promises of God and believe for the favor of Almighty God. When you get spirit-filled, she believed God. Secondly, what did mother do, Elizabeth do, when she was filled with the Spirit? She believed God. Secondly, she blesses others. When mother is filled with the Spirit, she blesses others. Notice in verse 42, uh, the Bible says, we read it when she was filled with the Spirit. In verse 42, she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. The Holy Spirit flows in us resides within us and flows out of us to bless others. Genesis 12, listen to this in Genesis 12. Beginning in verse 1, you've read this text again and again. The Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you shall be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you I will curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Listen, God didn't bless you just because he thought a lot of you. He blesses you so that you can be a blessing to others. Stop even asking God to bless you and start asking God to make you a blessing to other people. That's what he wants to do, is bless the world through you. It's what Peter said in 1 Peter 3, verses 8 and 9, where he said, to sum it up, here's the sum total, uh, all, that, uh, all that you are, be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit. Look at this. Not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but give a blessing instead. You were called for this very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. Mother, surrender to Jesus today. Dad, surrender. Hey, just surrender, teenagers, so that God would be in you and speak a blessing through you. you know how powerful words are when they're filled with the Spirit of God? Oh, my. She was just a little girl, William Rudolph was. Wilma Rudolph, excuse me. Wilma had scarlet fever. And from that, her legs would not work. And she wore braces. The doctor said to Wilma, you, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Dart, you will never walk. And her mother said to her, don't you listen to that doctor. You will walk. And Wilma walked. Wilma grew and she said, Mama, I'd like to run a race. I'd, I'd like to be with the other boys. I'd like to run. And the teachers said, Wilma, you, you can't. You, you just barely put one foot. You'll never run. And mother said, don't you listen to them. You will run. And she did. And she finished dead last in the first race she was ever in. 
but she ran. And she kept putting one foot in front of another, and mother said, don't ever listen to those naysayers. You believe me. And she spoke blessing into her life. And in 1960, Wilma Rudolph didn't win one. She didn't win two. She won three gold medals in track and field in the Olympic Games. Where'd that come from? I'm telling you where it came from. It came from the lip of a mother who said, don't you believe those negative words? And she spoke blessing into her life. Mother, God's blessed you and given you favor. So be filled with the Spirit and, and, and speak blessing to others. Hear me. Hey, listen to me. Just because you're an old woman does not give you the right to be mean as the devil. I said it. Old women have no right no more than young women to speak evil. Oh, well, I'm old enough. I'll say what I want to. Not if you belong to Jesus. You don't say what you want to. You say what God says say. You've been bought with a price you're not your own. You've been purchased. So lay your tongue on that 12-foot altar and speak blessing. I just see women get old and mean. And it ought not be. No more than a man. Say, well, I know. Speak truth, but not insult for insult. No, 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 no. Not evil for it. You speak a blessing. Oh, how powerful. And I'm not talking about just being honey and syrup all the time. Lying to people. Truth is tough some days. But it's not responding out of evil spirit. Not out of a wickedness. See, you only know the fullness of the Spirit when you don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And bitterness grieves the Spirit of the living God. You say, well, I've been hurt. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. You love like Jesus loves. Do you know that in the Lord's Prayer, we know the part where He says about daily bread, but I'm telling you, He speaks about daily forgiveness too. We need daily forgiveness worse than we need daily bread. And that's where the sweetness of the sunshine of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost comes in our life. When mama's filled with the Spirit, oh, hallelujah, she believes God. She blesses others. And then she boldly stands. Oh, yes, she boldly stands. Yeah, you find it right here in, in Luke 1. You get to verse 59. John the Baptist has been born. It's the eighth day. It's time to name the baby. They always named the male child on the eighth day at circumcision. That's when they did it. And the father was the one that would speak, but Zacharias could not say a word. And so they came to that time, and it happened on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to call him Zacharias after his father. Verse 60, but his mother, boldly, here it is, she boldly, she answered and said, no, 
but he shall be called John. How'd she know that? Because the Spirit of God had told Zacharias he'd be John, but he couldn't speak. You go to verse 61, they said, there's no one among your relatives who's called by that name. And they made signs to the Father what he wanted him to be called. And he asked for a tablet, and he wrote as follows, his name is John. He didn't say he shall be called, or I think so. He said the boy's name is John. Zacharias spoke it, but Elizabeth boldly believed it. Mother, when you get filled with the Spirit of God, you will speak the revelation of holy God. And you will speak it boldly. I was just a kid preacher at 18. My pastor asked me if I would preach on Easter Sunday. I said, Lord, that's the biggest crowd of the year. And so I did. And I preached all I knew, hard as I knew, best I knew. I got me a new sport jacket. I preached. And I preached. I preached with a tag right here on my new suit. (laughs) After I finished, I still didn't know it, and I was standing back here, and the pastor was getting, and I I felt the long arm of motherhood come out of the choir. (laughs) She jerked me back and reached over and tore that off, and I thought, what? And I then knew what had happened. Hmm. I still have that jacket. I can't wear it, but I still have it. I, I went out the door. I remember Miss Wheeler said, well, if you don't like it, you can take it and get your money back. She is not blessing me. I was so embarrassed. I got home, I said, Mother, that's the last preaching I'm going to do. She said, what? I said, I, 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 oh, I'm. She said, God called you to preach? I said, yes, ma'am, I I understand it. But I, she said, don't you let some old woman's long tongue get in the way. They're just having a little fun with you. She said, if you can't learn to laugh at yourself, you're never going to make it, not only being a preacher and anything else in this world. She said, now you stand and do what God's called you to do and don't let anybody back of it. Mm. She boldly stood and challenged me to do the same. I want you to know from that day till this, I have never, ever again, not one time ever on an Easter wore new clothes since that day. (laughs) Didn't do it last year, didn't do it this year, won't do it till Jesus comes. I did wear a new tie this year. Sager gave it to me as a gift in our prayer meeting. I did wear it on Easter with an old suit. I checked it over for tags pretty good before I hung it around my neck, I'll tell you. 
But every time Easter comes, I can hear a mother boldly. Don't you let men tell you what you, you stand by the grace of God. Mm. Thank God for mama and mothers that are filled with the Spirit of God. Now this morning, I want you to understand when, when, when you speak, mother, you make sure it's the revelation of God. You say, well, did God stop? No, no, no. Scripture did not stop the revelation of God. God still speaks. I mean, there are things that you need to know that are not in this book. Specifics. And while Scripture does not stop the revelation of God, it always guards and guides it. God will never give you a word to speak that is not confirmed and affirmed in the Word of God and never contrary to the Word. I had a lady come to me once and, and say to me, she said, I'm going to leave my husband and, and because I'm going to the mission field and he doesn't want to go and I'm going to go and I'm going to divorce my husband. And I believe God told me to do it. I said, I don't know what you ate for dinner last night, but you've got indigestion. You've not heard the Holy Ghost. Because the Word of God is contrary to that. He'll never tell you to do that. I lost that member. I'm not sure I ever had her. But you understand the revelation of God comes always guarded and guided by Scripture. And you must learn to stand. Now, there's two, I want to give you two exhortations this morning and give an invitation. Number one, my first exhortation to you today on Mother's Day, mother, son or daughter that may be here with them, father, exhortation number one, be saved. Be saved. Be sure. I want to ask you this question. If you were to die today, do you know for certain you'd go to heaven? If you stood before God, what would you say to him? So you say, well, first of all, preacher, I'm going to live a long time. You don't know that. This week proved that to us with our friend Dave Paxton. Dave at 69 came by here on a motorcycle leaving Jacksonville, Florida on the way to the West Coast and he stopped by. He was right here in this building Monday. And the next day before noon, he was dead on a Mississippi highway. Run over by a log truck. Lying dead on the highway. You don't know when that day's coming. I don't. But I want to ask you, if you died and stood before God, what would you say? What would you tell God to let you into heaven? You say, well, I, I've been good. Oh, no, no, no. You can't be good enough. There's none righteous, no, not one. You say, well, I've been baptized. Baptism, thank God you ought to do it. But it's the picture of what God's already done. It's not what saves you. There's just one answer. And that is, I've trusted Jesus and Jesus alone is my Savior. Have you trusted Him today? Have you trusted Him? I, I ask you, have you trusted Jesus? If you've never, then call on. The Bible says, whosoever call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Jesus died for you. If you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead and confessed with your mouth, He'll save you. Call on Him. 
And when you call on him, believe. And then when we sing this song in just a moment, and I'm standing right here, walk right here to the front and, and say, Pastor, today's my day. I, I'm trusting him today. I'm coming. I had a little girl come to me after first church and, and, and say, Pastor, I, I don't trust him. Just, just like little Haley was baptized, that little girl came and, and said, yes. Maybe you're here, a child. You need to say yes. Maybe you're a grown man or a woman. You come say yes. Be saved today. Oh, what a great day it'd be. I, I'm telling you, if your mother's filled with the Spirit of God and you come get saved, she's liable to shout. Amen. It'd be a great day. Number one, be saved. Number two, be filled with the Spirit. The Bible commands us to be filled with the Spirit. And I said this to you last week, and I'll say it every week during this series as I remember to do it. Being filled with the Spirit is not putting more gas in your tank. It's putting a new driver behind the wheel. When you get saved, you get all of the Holy Spirit you're ever going to get. The question is, does the Holy Spirit have all of you? Are you walking in his anointing? 1 John 2.20 and 1 John 2.27. Are you walking in the touch and the anointing of God? The anointing can come and then when you grieve him, he slips away. doesn't mean you're lost. It just means the anointing of God and the power of God is not as prevalent in your life as it should be. You've come to the end of yourself. The Bible says be filled. It is a present passive imperative. It is present. That means you ought to be filled now. It's an imperative. It's a command. But listen to me now. It's a passive. It's not active. You can't fill yourself. You surrender yourself. And the passive action of that verb is that God fills you. Something acts on you. Just like you can't save yourself, you can't fill yourself. But when you surrender, He fills you. Walk in fullness, fullness of the Holy Spirit. I was in a tough church as a kid. After I'd been called to preach, we had some anger in the church because of some things going on in it. I just thought, man, I need to be somewhere. And I began to visit places and Try to find the fullness of God. I learned some things. There was a given Sunday that I was down here at the front. Somebody prayed for me and I kind of rolled over and was on my back. And My mother saw that and came walking to me and she said, what are you doing? I said, I just want all of God. She said, are you saved? I said, she said, are you surrendered? I said, yes. She said, well, then get up. Get up and walk with God. That made more sense to me than anything I'd heard. I was saved. I trusted him as a young boy. I'd surrendered as best I knew. And then the Bible says, we're going to preach about it in two weeks, to walk in the Spirit. I came in surrender. It's not wrong to do that. I, I came and I fell before God, but... It's not in the falling where we find the evidence. It's in the walking where the evidence of God's in our life. We have hands and eyes and tongue and feet. When the Spirit of God is in us and fills us and flows through us. Mm. 
So, dear friend, today are you saved? Are you saved? Are, are you saved? If not, I want you to is God Lord? Are you filled with the Spirit of the living God? Have you surrendered? Dead to self, alive to Christ. New driver behind the wheel where you are walking in the fullness of the Holy Spirit.